Hello. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from Coney Island. Oh, that sounds fun. Is it super hot there? It was the perfect beach day. Oh, nice. You ate a Nathan's hot dog? And cheesy fries, and then fell asleep on the beach, and then went and got a two and a half times double IPA from the Coney Island Brewery. Oh, <laughs> when you texted me 2.5, I, I was thinking ABV, and I was like, I don't know they made beers that light. I don't waste my time on that stuff. <laughs> I know you don't. That's why I was, that's why I knew it was a autocorrector or a typo or something. But, um, so you got, it's not a double IPA. It's not a triple IPA. It's somewhere in between there. It's amazing in between there. <laughs> Sounds good. Did you have any sweet treats over there? No. I almost had Rita's custard and ice. I love Rita's. I know, I do too. And uh, But there was a line around the block because it was oh. that perfect out. And I kind of, I was like, ah, oh, I don't need it that bad. But we almost got it for the train. Did you watch the Paul Hogan uh, and Chris Hemsworth Australian tourism videos? <laughs> It was like a, a blast from the past with the Paul Hogan ones, but um, um, I I would say that I would have a clear favorite if the Chris Hemsworth ones used his face in addition to his voice. <laughs> but his voice is pretty buttery. I just don't know. He's definitely meant to be seen and heard, so I'm not sure why. Did it make you want to go to Australia? It Well, it was, if you're going to make people want to go to Australia... I mean, show his face. Maybe like <laughs> skin diving at the Great Barrier Reef or something. Hey, this is Sugar Town Podcast Episode 4. This is Amy. And this is Beppy. And we're talking about sweets from down under. <laughs> from the land down under. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Australia. should be good. I've never been to Australia. I've always wanted to go, but you've been twice. Yeah. And you're married to an Aussie, Spoiler so you're alert. definitely much more familiar with their cuisine. Um, so what, what do you have a favorite Australian dessert? Traditional Australian dessert? Well, hands down pavlova. You've had pavlova before. We we shared it once, right? I shared with you. We did. We we did. We were in San Diego at Extraordinary Desserts. What did you think of it? I remember it being delicious, um, but I don't really think that there's a whole lot of places that offer pavlova, and I it's not something that's um, that I make. So uh, maybe I just need to start. But um, it so since it's not offered at a lot of places, I don't eat it a lot. But yeah, I thought it was incredible. Yeah. So you want to talk about that first? Sure. <laughs> Let's talk about pavlova. Um, yeah, pavlova is is uh, basically a meringue cookie, a big meringue cookie, and then you add, well, usually you add uh, some kind of fruit curd and then some fresh fruit. It's it's by far my favorite dessert, hands down, and it's. It comes from, like, the Aussies will tell you that they came up with it, and it's named after a Russian ballerina, and they she toured in Australia back in the day. And the New Zealanders would tell you that they came up with it, 
And then the research that a couple people that do research on recipes and would say that it's it it actually originates from the United States. But before we get too sidetracked, it's a meringue that then you float some curd on top and then some berries. And te- texture-wise, it is, I just think it's perfect. So it's this crunchy meringue that's chewy on the inside. And then you have the, uh, like, I my, my preference is to put a passion fruit curd in it and then some fresh raspberries and blueberries and strawberries. So you have this tangy passion fruit curd and then you have these fresh berries on top. And I really don't feel like it gets any better than that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So is it always with curd? Or is it ever, like, with chocolate or something like that? I think people kind of put different things in it. I think traditionally it's with a fruit okay. curd. It could be like a lemon curd or a lime curd. And you have a dessert that has like a curd in it. That would turn a lot of people off towards a recipe if mm-hmm. they were not able to pick it up at the store. And and your average grocery store may have a lemon curd that's decent in it, but they won't have like a passion fruit curd or a lime curd or a raspberry curd or a strawberry curd. And they, and they're really they're really quite easy to make. They just take your attention and like a half an hour of your time. I don't. I don't think people think of it like that. And and I and a good fruit curd, a, f- a fresh fruit curd that doesn't have any preservatives from the store in it is like. I. I mean, I'm biased, but it blows your mind. Oh yeah, it's amazing. And passion fruit. Passion fruit makes such a good curd. So much flavor there. Yeah, I love it. I love lemon curd. Um, and making lemon curd, like you said, isn't that difficult, but yeah, passion fruit, so good. I made a grapefruit curd once that, um, was really bitter (laughs) and an orange curd that was pretty bitter. Did it taste like a double 2.5 IPA? Yeah, it did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that grapefruit curd. So pavlova is meringue with curd and berries at its most basic. Yeah. Baked meringue. Okay. Well, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Or every time that's on a menu, I, I'll just like look over everything else and I'll get that. Mm-hmm. Good call. And that's interesting that um, it's named after a Russian dancer, you said, because when, when you said Pavlova is uh, traditionally Australian or even native to Australia, I was like, huh, that does not sound like an Australian word. That's interesting. So to know the history is it's cool. So what did you make this week that might be Aussie-inspired? I made a slice. A slice? What do you mean, like a brownie or something? A bar? (laughs) Apparently, a lot of things are referred to as slices in Australia, which uh, you told me. Um, Maybe you have some more insight on that. But yeah, so I made... No, I don't. No? It is what it is. Okay, so I made a chocolate caramel peanut slice, which is basically a bar... So it's a layered bar. So it had um, caramel at the bottom and then salty peanuts. Great combination. And then dark chocolate on top. Yeah. It was good. And the texture of it was um, more like panucci um, rather than like a chewy, silky caramel. So Mm -hmm. it was really easy to cut and it looked really nice when I cut it. And the texture was more, you know, like brown sugar gritty like a grainy texture and super sweet at first I was like oh 
oh, this is way too sweet. There's no way I could just serve it for dessert. But like as a little sweet snacker, it was pretty incredible. I, 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 I had a real hard time passing the tray without grabbing a bite because I cut them into bite sizes. Uh-oh. So it sounded like it was dangerous. Yes. Dangerous slice. That's what they should call it. Dangerous slice? <laughs> dangerous slice. Danger little Rogers <laughs> slice. I try to sometimes look through my Australian cookbooks, my CWA, and and see if there's anything in there that might be good to make. What is CWA? Country Women's Association. The CWA cookery book and household hints. So in this book, you can get both recipes and how to clean how to clean your bathroom in here it's like i think like the betty the betty crocker of australia it's one stop um reading right there and the original copyright is 1936 oh okay i was gonna ask you so you sent me a recipe from that book um which ooh, sheep's tongue yeah i'll make that next (laughs) which i can't remember exactly what it was but it called for uh one dessert spoon of corn flour Oh, yeah, what's that? So that sentence has two words that I didn't understand. So, <laughs> Corn flour and dessert spoon. So I was like, okay, this is a good learning opportunity for me. Um, so a dessert spoon is not just a fancy spoon that you would use to eat dessert if you were um, had a, had a background, uh, economical background that required a different spoon for your dessert. Um, but it is also a unit of measurement. Yeah. Otherwise, your measurement, your measurements might be slightly off, right? <laughs> yeah. If you just if you just use the only spoon that yeah. you had in your yeah, house. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so a dessert spoon is actually a unit of measurement, which is equivalent to two teaspoons. And um, I'm not sure. I wonder. I wonder. Sense. Do you know? Do they still use it, or is it kind of an archaic term? A dessert spoon. Yeah. For a unit of measurement. Is that still used these days, or is that just because your book was written in 1936? Oh, yeah, I think it's because my book is old. It's old, yeah. yeah. There's all there's a ton of interesting measurements out there that have to do with, like, teacups, and a gill equals, like, a teacup of something, and or it's, like, a third of a pint of something. And, and, um, and like, when you think about it, really, back in the day, that's they were using the things that they had on hand Mm -hmm. outside of that like people were measuring things on their scales too so which is really the better way to get Mm -hmm. more accurate measurements but but you'd also have to find corn flour or make it (laughs) uh was that hard to find uh well I didn't I didn't make that recipe I don't even recall what it was I think it was some type of cake I just I just saw one dessert spoon of corn flour and I was like huh let's figure out what this means but yeah, so corn flour is like cornmeal, but uh, ground to a finer consistency. So you made the peanut chocolate caramel slice. Yeah. And you ate it all? Yeah. It's long gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging you. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was real good. It definitely satisfied my sweet tooth. <laughs> So what are some other Australian desserts that we haven't talked about yet that are kind of more traditional Australian desserts that people might not know about? Um, well, there's the lamington. It's like a yellow cake that is... <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? I did. 
sounded like a, a sneeze with an Australian accent. Yeah, it was. <laughs> He's a little sick. Um, uh, Lamington is a yellow cake that is covered in chocolate icing and all all sides. So you cut the lamington, like when you get a slice of a lamington, it's, it's usually, well, in the stores that I've seen out here and when I've made it, it's probably like, sometimes I make them kind of small. So like a one by one inch square or uh, maybe a three by three inch square. And then all sides are covered in the chocolate icing and then it is coated in a desiccated coconut. It's pretty good. Sounds it's not yummy. usually my go-to, but you know who would like it. Dave. Yeah, he would like it. It's the trifecta. Yeah, he would like and, that. And, yeah, so slices come in all different flavors. And uh, there's a, a vanilla slice, which has, it's almost like, I think it's like a puff pastry top and bottom. And then it's got a custard in between, which is really good. When I think about, like, the most traditional Australian cookie, I do think about a Tim Tam. And I love Tim Tams. And (laughs) it used to be, it's it's still like you just don't see them in the stores out here, but it used to be really hard to get them here. And my lovely Australian relatives would ship them to me. all different flavors and I would I would ration them out and eat them and um and if you haven't had a Tim Tam you should google your closest English or Australian market or or store nearest you and you should go get a pack I would say they might be similar to Oreos in the United States it's a sandwich cookie uh, so the, the traditional Tim Tam of the original one is like two chocolate wafer cookies that has like a malted chocolate in between and then it's coated in chocolate and it's, it's pretty darn good dipped in milk or coffee. Uh, have you ever done a Tim Tam slam bath? Oh yeah, I have. That's the only way to go. I think with Tim Tams, you have to experience the full effect of the Tim Tam by slamming it. Yeah, so then you, like, bite off opposing corners, and then you suck the bourbon, I mean, the milk, up through the (laughs) Tim Tam, and it becomes your straw. But then, after you suck whatever beverage you have in your glass, that Tim Tam has absorbed the perfect amount of liquid, and then you stuff that in your mouth, and then you just repeat from the beginning. It's pretty awesome, because what happens is... That waxy, um, partially hydrogenated chocolate coating on the outside of it, because we we need not lead people on to believe that these are. Um, <laughs> these are the Australian yeah. Oreo this, dipped in chocolate. We're talking wafer cookie with lots of waxy coating, partially hydrogenated chocolate. So, the liquid when you suck it up through your Tim Tam makeshift straw completely disintegrates the inside of the cookie but it does not seep out of the protective chocolate wax coating so then you put in your mouth and you bite down and it explodes (laughs) with the liquid whatever you your choice is mostly bourbon on amy's um on amy's watch and um then it just kind of explodes in your mouth A, a bourbon cookie chocolate bomb 
<laughs> I, I kind of want to do a Tim Tams slam right now, but I know I want to. I don't. But like I'm you and Tim your Tams. your peanut butter chocolate slice, I I made homemade Tim Tams uh, last week and I, I ate them. Oh. I Tim Tam slammed them all. <laughs> what kind did you make? The regular kinds. I made it. I made what flavor is regular? Two point five. Uh, it's hit me. Um, I need some shrimp from the Barbie. Uh, I made the chocolate cookie, wafer cookie with a malted chocolate uh, butter So that's cream. the most traditional flavor? Yeah. And then now they have like coffee, they have caramel, they have mint, they have dark chocolate. Did you dip yours in coating chocolate? No, I, I made my own dark chocolate coating. So did it work with the slam or did it melt it? Or was, I guess... Um, oh, it, oh, no, it worked. It worked. Okay. Yeah. Was your liquid cold or hot? It was, it was bourbon cream. Oh, bourbon cream, cold. Yeah. Okay. It so cold. yeah, that sounds good. I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> if you, had, if you had more Tim Tams, but you're gonna have to make some more now or beg for <laughs> no, a new shipment. <laughs> it would be faster if I just made some more. Although there is a, a good British market in Brooklyn so I go there and get some well that's good you don't have to travel all the way to Australia so you told me once that you made macarons with um a very Australian ingredient that um a lot of people might not have tried or maybe tried and 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 that was disgusting (laughs) (laughs) um Vegemite oh yeah or did you make them with Marmite or Vegemite? I don't think I put Marmite in them, although I have both in my cupboard, and they're very similar. They might have uh-huh. a slight ingredient difference. but um, Do you like Vegemite? I hate Vegemite. <laughs> I know. Robert gives me a really hard time about it, too. I feel like if you grow up eating Vegemite, then you like Vegemite. Like, we grew up eating peanut butter, you know, peanut butter and jelly, uh-huh. and we smeared peanut butter on uh-huh. our toasts, and... If you didn't grow up eating peanut butter, then you probably would, you would be like, what is this foreign substance on my toast? Like, I, I, I don't really care for a Nutella either. And a lot of people cock their head and look at me weird when I say that, but I don't like Nutella. And I don't care for Nutella either. And I think like, it's one of those things like, and I think Vegemite might be in the same category as peanut butter and Nutella is that the stuff that you smear on your toast might be very traditional to like how you grew up. But I will say that like the first time I had Marmite ever was, I was, I think it was my first time I'd ever been to London and Mm -hmm. I was, I'll try anything once and, uh, and I smelled it and I was like, I don't think um, this is going to be for me, but I decided to try it anyways. And the rookie that I was, I made a big mistake and I slathered that Marmite on my toast like you would peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And so every time as the good wife that I can be sometimes when I make Robert toast and I put butter on top of it, I will open that jar of Vegemite and it sends chills down my spine. Really? It's not bad, huh? You put it on top of butter? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm going to have to try that because I have a little bit here. What, is that your your uh, souvenir from when mom went to Scotland? Yeah, she sent me a little thing of 
Marmite. I think it's Marmite, not Vegemite. I'm not sure. Um, but I remember trying it several years ago. Did you tell mom to never get you a souvenir again? No, I don't. I mean, I can't say that I don't like it because I tried it many, many years ago and I didn't hate it. I remember not hating it, but I honestly can't remember if I liked it or if I just didn't hate it, if that makes sense. So I need to try it again. She got me this Marmite. Um, I'll I'll be willing to try it again. I don't know if I'm going to put it in macarons right away, but I'll try it again. So, yes, I have. I So I think it might have been like a double dog dare that Robert gives me a hard time. And he's like, one of these days you're going to like Marmite or Vegemite. Sorry, I'm not Marmite. And, I, and I'm like, no, I'm never going to like Vegemite. And and he's like, you, one of these days you'll decide that you like it. And it's like an acquired taste. And I'm like, well, hmm. then I would have to eat it to acquire a taste for it. And I'm not going to eat it. And he partly he gives me a hard time about it because I really like stouts and very malty stouts. And so he's like, it's pretty mm-hmm. much like Guinness reduction in a jar. Is it yeast? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think okay, it's... Okay, so it's really yeasty. I guess you get your B vitamins from it. Me putting it in the macarons, it came from a challenge from him. Like, I was determined to, like, make it taste okay, in my, in my book as okay. So I have made a couple different versions of it, and one of them was kind of a natural macaron with a a really coarse almond flour, so it speckled the shells. And then I um, made a Vegemite buttercream. So it added Vegemite to an Italian meringue buttercream. And it was okay. It, but, you know, like, it's a, it's really salty. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, like, adding... I love salt in my sweets. So when you add it to sweet things, like a Italian meringue, and then you have that uh, sweet almond sh- ma- uh, meringue shell on the outside it kind of, it counterbalances itself. It's sweet and salty at the same time. And then uh, the second time I made it, I added it to a chocolate ganache. So the Vegemite to the chocolate ganache, and it was in a chocolate a chocolate macaron shell, and Vegemite chocolate ganache was oh, inside. like a salty, malty ganache. That sounds delicious, actually. It was good. It was good. And I sold them at the shop, and <laughs> I thought... I was going to have to take them home. Sometimes I make stuff and I'm just like, well, if I don't sell it, I'll just, you know, I'll pawn it off on my friends or or my sweetie. And I didn't have to pawn them off because I was like, okay, these are orange macarons, these are strawberry, and these are Vegemite ones. And they're like, I'll have those. I was like, oh, maybe more people. Maybe I'm the rare one that doesn't like Vegemite. Hmm, Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So you you like, because you taught, you taught me this trick, um, a while back. I taught you where, something. Where you put um, nutritional yeast on your popcorn. Oh, yeah, and I like that. And that, to me, would sound like it might taste not quite as strong, but similar, like in the same vein as the Vegemite flavor. Wouldn't it? No. I think the issue is, I'm going to look at the ingredients of these two things. It might be, uh, what's in here? Car- it might. It might be the... Well, yeast extract is the first ingredient of both of them, and then barley for the Vegemite. But then in the in the Marmite, it goes to carrot and onion extracts hmm. and so the spice onion extracts. Like the Vegemite. So, how does Robert feel about peanut butter? He's not a fan. Interesting. Mm. I love peanut butter. You know that. I love peanut butter too. Like, 
if I if I was like on a deserted island and I had one thing to choose to bring with me, it'd probably be like to eat for the rest of my life. I'd probably choose peanut butter. Peanut butter and bourbon. <laughs> well, I just choose one thing to eat and then one thing to drink, because water would already <laughs> be there, so I wouldn't have to worry about that, right? Peanut butter mm-hmm. and bourbon. So, are there any places in New York or um, near you where you can get good Australian desserts? Um. There's a couple, there's actually a huge Australian population in New York City. There's a couple Aussie restaurants that make lamingtons and vanilla slices that are really good. And uh, there's a couple Aussie coffee shops too, but now that I come to think of it, I don't think, I don't really think of them as offering traditional uh, Australian desserts. But the Tuck Shop in the East Village makes amazing uh, Australian hand pies and they do a lamington. And they sometimes have a vanilla slice, too. They're really good. Where else? There is a cafe in Perth that I really enjoyed the last time I was there. And it was on the beach. And, again, I didn't do my research. I have to remember the name of it. It might be called Yellow Surfboard or something. Yeah, they're, they're more known in the city for really good coffee like there's some amazing australian coffee shops hmm. in this well, that sounds great too bad they don't have pastries australian pastries there i think it's cool to open up a recipe book and experiment with something that you might not usually try mm-hmm. and and sometimes when i get bored with making the same thing over and over again at the shop it's kind of nice to just be like open up a book and stick your finger to a recipe and like, I'm going to make this. And it might be different ingredients from a different country with different measurements from a different time. And you see how it comes out. And if you like it, switching it up. Yeah, it is kind of fun. And maybe you don't even know um, what it's supposed to taste like. Maybe it's something that you've never had before, but it's always a a learning experience. So um, even if you're, a pro at, at baking one certain thing just to kind of branch out and and try something you never tried is always a good learning experience. So if you are thinking about making some desserts uh, or if you want to make an Aussie dessert or maybe a pavlova, do try to make your own curd because I think you'd be surprised at how easy it is. Yep. And you use a uh, bain-marie, correct? No, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's like high maintenance. You just need to stir it, and you can't walk away from that thing. A double boiler will give you a little bit more room to like step away for two seconds. But I, I don't, I don't always use a double boiler for the curds, and it's fine. I'm not as talented as you. I can't, I can't not cook, cook the. I can't not scramble the eggs without a double double boiler. I always end up with scrambled egg curd. <laughs> it's <that's> so gross. <laughs> it is gross. <laughs> Us mere mortals need, a, <laughs> need our double okay. boilers. Do we make anything else? Um, I didn't. Okay. Are you going to make Twinkies for next week? Yeah, I'm going to look at that recipe that you sent me. I, I want to try it, but if it's a little bit high maintenance, then I may not have time. I'm trying to orchestrate it uh to state move in less than two weeks so are you excited i i'm excited it's still sinking in yeah you guys are californians it seems to be the place that we always 
that we always go back to. So maybe. Cool. What are we going to talk about next week? We're going back to school. <laughs> yeah. Because it's time. Back to school treats. I'm going to see if Bea can join us to talk about what's in her lunchbox. Okay. I don't think the kids these days have lunchboxes, though, like you and I did back in the day. No. That, I wonder what they do. Do they get sent to school with lunches these days? I don't know. Do they have lunch bags? I think they do. I, I think yeah. they can take their lunch. Yeah. I think they do, too. They just can't bring any nuts. I know at Bay School, they can't bring anything with nuts in it. Um, it's just not allowed on the school campus ever because so many people have nut allergies. What if you forget and you bring like a granola bar in the back of your, you know, backpack? I think um, they shut down school for the week and like spray it down with some sort of... Anti-nut? Yeah, anti-allergen, anti-nut allergen. Hmm. disinfectant i was on a plane once that they made an announcement and i had no food except for like two bars that both had like peanut butter in them or something like that and i was like this is gonna do me for the next five hours and they made an announcement and they were like there's somebody on the plane that has a severe nut allergy and i was like you gotta be freaking kidding me but they didn't tell you who obviously they didn't be like in row 34 it could have been your next door neighbor yeah oh my god well, yeah, I would be like, I hope they have their EpiPen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starving, people. <laughs> that would be a good Snickers commercial. <laughs> Snickers satisfies me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a good thing they make EpiPens. Because <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> no. I guess if maybe next time I'll pick my own Vegemite granola bar and then people aren't allergic to Vegemite. Like, they're allergic to peanuts. I'm going to try Vegemite right now. No, I'm going to try Marmite because that's what I have. Just, like, take take a spoon of that. No, I'm not going to eat it by itself. Put it on your tongue. It's disgusting. <laughs> Did you smell it? I haven't opened it yet. I was seeing if I could smell it through the package because it's that strong. I thought I might be able to, but I can't. You should open it. Okay, I'll open it. Okay, I'm opening it. Woo! <laughs> oh my gosh. It smells like death. <laughs> See? I'm not the only one. Yeah, it totally smells like when you're close to a brewery. That that really nasty smell. That nasty brewery smell. Not the delicious smell of hoppy beer, but... It's like concentrated... Brewery death. Is that good sound effect? <laughs> I thought it was the only one. <laughs> I'm still going to eat it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You're going to have it for dinner? <laughs> I'm going to taste it on toast with butter. Yeah, I'm going to try this Marmite. You are? Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to record me tasting it? Even though it just made you want to retch? Hold on. Sure. <laughs> I don't want to. Th- I don't want to record you throwing up. Yeah. There, so. Is Dave there to hold your hair? He is. We're good. I'm gonna put butter and a very tiny amount of mermaid. Let's see. Is the toast done? Oh yeah, it is. Okay, butter. Oh my god, I'm actually. I don't usually get nervous to try things, but <laughs> this just smells so wretched. 
It's very salty. And it's very yeasty. It's not making me puke. Good. <laughs> um, Would you eat it again? Um, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be necessary. <laughs> I'm not going to wake up one morning and be like, geez, I really wish I had some Marmite right now. <laughs> but if I was visiting a country where it was the norm and my host in front of me, I would absolutely eat it with a smile on my face. But I would do that with just about anything, but... It wouldn't totally gross me. It doesn't totally gross me out, but it's not something that I would seek out. You're still eating it. I prefer peanut butter. No, I'm just eating the toast with butter now. Oh, okay. I would. I would have. I would have Robert do the outtakes, but you know he's sick, so. He's... Um. I mean, I can say, Foster's. It's Australian for beer. Crikey. And that's not a knife. <laughs> This is a knife. It's pretty bad. <laughs> so next week, back to school. What's in your lunchbox? I might make Twinkies. Yeah, we'll see. You might make Twinkies. Yeah. Or, um... I might make ding Remember fruit roll-ups? Oh, my you can make those. That's not really goodness. baking, but you can make your own dehydrated fruit roll-ups. Don't you have to cook that fruit, though? I was always jealous of, yeah, of people who had fruit roll-ups in their lunchbox. I know. Everybody had everything store-bought in their lunchbox and we always had homemade stuff which really was better but we just wanted like the pop tarts and the twinkies and the ho-hos we didn't know it at that time yeah cool well if you want to hear find us on uh find recipes i'm going to post something some fruit curd recipes and uh inspiration uh on our website sugartownpodcast.com you can follow us on instagram you can like us on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes or maybe the website. Later. Stay sweet. Bye. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, who'll come a waltzing Matilda with me? And he sang as he watched, and he waited till his Billy boiled. Who'll <laughs> come a waltzing Matilda with me? Yeah. That was pretty bad. Fair dinkum, that is pretty bad, mate.